This is the Wednesday, March 9th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action for tonight, so settle in and we'll set you up in about 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Tyler Fulgham and Aaron Dolan with you on this hump day. A loaded NBA slate, college conference tourney time as well, so we got to dive right in. ED, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready for it. Let's get into it. All right, let's start in the association with the big boys, and we have an ESPN doubleheader tonight. The first game featuring the Miami Heat taking on the Phoenix Suns. These are the two teams that are number one in their respective conferences right now. Miami will be hosting this game as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, a total of 218. Uh, we know there is still no Chris Paul and uh, likely no Cam Johnson for the Phoenix Suns. It's possible, however, that mm-hmm. Devin Booker could return from the health and safety protocols list. That would obviously be a big boost for the Phoenix Suns. Um, but the way I want to attack this game, ED, with the uncertainty still around um, someone like Devin Booker, is I want to lay it with the heat even if Booker returns, that's why I think this number is coming down. It was seven and a half last night. It's now five and a half. So maybe the market knows something. But even if Booker is there, the Heat are a really, really great team at home. They're eighth in defensive rating at home this season. They're 17 and 13 ATS. I think Phoenix can match up with Miami when they are fully healthy. But when you're playing a team like Miami, not having Chris Paul and Cam Johnson really hurts. If they're playing a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Indiana Pacers or the Orlando Magic, like they did last night, uh, that's something you can still you know, handle your business without those guys. But I'll play the Heat officially. I'll lay it. I hope it keeps coming down, especially if Booker gets uh, you know, inserted into the starting lineup. Maybe I'll get four and a half later in the day, maybe even three and a half. But uh, I definitely like the Heat side, and I do think the Suns will struggle to score a little bit. Again, even if Booker is there, I'll play their team total under 105 and a half because Miami has that great home defensive mm-hmm. rating, eighth in the NBA, and they're 29th and pace at home in the NBA. Only Dallas is slower. So they're one of the most methodical, slow-paced teams at home. They play great defense. So I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game uh, for the Suns' offense. So that's why I'm looking at the Heat side and the Suns' team total under. Yep, I mean, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. It sounds like this would be more so an under game. I've been waiting for the player props to be posted for the Suns all morning. I've noticed Jimmy Butler, his points props and bouncing around a little bit, open 20 and a half, got as high as 21 and a half, coming back down. I do think that the books are trying to factor in, will Devin Booker play in this game? And also how will he look after some time off? So I don't think mm-hmm. this is a game you want to bet until later in the day, unless maybe like Tyler mentioned, you do like the Miami Heat and you want to take them right now. And also wouldn't be surprised if this was trending under. One of the other games that I'm looking at is uh, the Celtics versus the Hornets. Jason Tatum has been absolutely electric. So it's hard to fade a player like him, especially against the Hornets who also just played last night. But Tatum's coming off that huge 54 performance over the nets i'm looking at his rebounds prop going under seven and a half rebounds he's played three games against charlotte he's not hit over seven and a half rebounds in any three of those games in terms of defensive rebounding uh both are top 10 in the last 15 games and then offensively charlotte's ranked fourth in the last 15 games so i do think that he'll hit under his rebounds prop of seven and a half against charlotte yeah i got some uh interest in that game as well i'll lay it with the celtics on the road against charlotte um, Boston's 13 and two, their last 15 games. Meanwhile, Charlotte, uh, after taking the L to Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn 
last night um, has lost 12 of their last 16 games. I can isolate. There's our favorite word, Aaron, the Celtics team total and go over 116 yes. and a half as well. Charlotte's third in pace at home in the NBA this season. Meanwhile, Boston has really kicked things up offensively. We've been talking so much about their defense and they have deserved um, credit for what they've done defensively. But now this offense is starting to cook over that last 15 games. Again, where they're 13 and two, they have an offensive rating of 118.4, which is fourth in the NBA during that span. But it would lead the NBA by a mile if that was their offensive rating for this entire season. Minnesota is tops in the NBA with a 115.80 rating for the entire season. Right now, over the last 15 games, that's a pretty decent sample size. Celtics are operating at a 118.4. Brown, Tatum, Derek White, you know, Time Lord, Robert Williams, Al Horford. This team is a well-oiled machine right now. So I'll lay it with the Celtics and play their team total over against a Charlotte team that is kind of reeling. You know me, a couple of uh, pet plays that I always have. When the Mavs are at home, I play the under. They got the Knicks uh, in town yep. tonight. Total of 215, which is low, but the under is 24, 9, and 1 uh, when the Mavs play on their home floor this season. I like it, too, because the Knicks don't have a good offense. They're 23rd in the NBA in offensive rating. And as I mentioned earlier, Dallas is the slowest-paced team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. All games considered, home games considered, it doesn't matter where they play. The game could be on the moon. The Mavs just play at a super, <laughs> super slow pace. The other one that I like, I think it's 0 for 2, it's last two games, but I'll go back to it one more time. The Spurs at home, you know, that's an over team. Even though the Raptors are not necessarily a fast-paced team, they do have some offensive firepower, and the total is 229.5, so it's under 230. I wish it was maybe a little lower, but again, Spurs games at home, 19-11-1 to the over this season. So those are a couple other games that I definitely like. Um, yeah. The other game that's on ESPN, uh, pardon me really quick, is the uh, Jazz and the Blazers. The Jazz are like 18-point favorites against the Blazers team that is tanking. I really have no interest in that game because the spread is so big. Agreed. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or any other games I just touched on there, Aaron. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not looking to play 18 points with the Utah Jazz. So I'm looking at the Hawks versus the Bucks. So I'm looking at the Bucks team total over 122 and a half. Now I know they're going to be on a back to back. They just put up 142 points last night against OKC, and they're averaging 110.6 points on those back to backs when there's zero rest for them. But in the last three, they've actually hit over this by kind of a long shot 133 against the Kings 137 on the Clippers 128 on the Pacers they're also 4-0-1 to the over on their team total and their last five at home they seem to really catch these overs when playing at home on top of that the Hawks defense I mean it has been great on the season 25th in opponent field goal percentage and also opponent three-point percentage on the season 26 in defensive rating on the season but on the in the last 10 games or excuse me 15 games they're actually even worse they rank dead last an yeah. opponent three-point percentage. So they're also a bottom 10 defense. So I kind of feel like in this situation, you're going to see the Bucks team total cash. On top of that, you're seeing the total at 240. So we know some points are going to be scored. And that's the second highest total posted for the, for the Hawks this entire season. The only other time was against the Bulls on February 24th. Same goes for the Bucks. The second highest total posted. The other highest total was against the Bulls. That was on March 4th. So apparently when you play the Bulls, you get some pretty high totals. But um, definitely I would look at the Bucks team total for tonight in that game. Yeah, I do like the uh, Bucks side. Uh, I'll lay it, um, though we have to watch and see if Mike Budenholzer arrests some players, some of those, one of the big three <clears throat> in terms of Giannis, Chris Middleton, or Drew Holiday, since mm -hmm. they did play last night, and he's done that in back-to-backs. Uh, but it does appear after kind of just meandering through much of the regular season as defending champs, now that we've turned the calendar to March and things are picking up down the stretch, the Bucks have kind of flipped a switch. Offensively, they've been amazing. 
And uh, I do like your team total over against a Hawks team uh, that's bad defensively. I'm going to go ahead and think about laying it with the Bucks as well. Again, keep your eye on uh, that situation. But they've won four games in a row. They've dominated in the month, month of March. And remember this trend we've talked about with Atlanta that still holds up. In Hawks losses this season, they're 0-33 ATS. They have not covered a single loss this season. Whether, of course, that has to be um, as an underdog. So this is the worst road ATS team in the NBA. They're 10 and 22 ATS on the road. The Hawks are, which is worse than the NBA. Meanwhile, Milwaukee is a good home team. They're 23 and 12 at home. And the Hawks, of course, are a bad road team. They're eight games under 500 on the road at 12 and 20. So if you think the Hawks are going to lose this game, which I do, the trend would tell you this season that if the Hawks lose, they do not cover because they have not done it yet once in mm-hmm. any of their 33 losses. So I will uh, lay the four and a half with the Bucks. Um, but again, keep your eye on who is and who is not available for Milwaukee. One last game I want to touch on before we get to the uh, collegiate level where Aaron's going to take the baton. The T-Wolves are playing the Thunder, and this game is in Minnesota. And again, you know how I like to, get, like to look at this T-Wolves team. We're on, they're on the road play the over when they're at home, kind of skew or lean to the underside. The total is 232. I'm a little concerned that Minnesota's playing so well offensively that they could score 140 points and make this game go over. But I will say the Thunder defense is a little bit better than people might realize. However, they just lost Lou Dort, their best perimeter defender for the season. So what I'm going to do here, our favorite word, Aaron, isolate the Thunder team total and go under 107 and a half. The Thunder have the worst offense in the NBA. Okay. They are 102 as their offensive rating on the road this season. That's dead last. Even when you just take out, you know, road home road splits, they're one of the worst, if not the worst offense in the NBA this season, they're missing uh, Josh Giddy and Lou Dort guys that help out Shea Gilgis Alexander. Meanwhile, shocked to learn this, but it tells you what the split is all about with the T wolves. Their defensive rating of 105.3 at home this season is third in the NBA. They have the third best defensive rating at wow. home in the NBA this season. That's just not the way we think of Minnesota. Now they play at a frenetic pace. They're the, like the fastest place te- fastest paced team, pardon me, in the NBA. So they add possessions to their game. But I like OKC as the matchup because their offense is dreadful. When Minnesota's at home, their defense is great. And even with those extra possessions, I think the Thunder will struggle to score 108 points. That's why I want to play their team total under 107 and a half with everyone on the shelf except for Shea Gilgis Alexander. So that's a look at the NBA. Of course, conference tournament action is mm-hmm. starting to get really in the swing of things. A few conferences beginning tourney play on this Wednesday. Aaron, you said you had a couple plays on the college hardwood. What do you want to share with the people? Yes. So looking at the Pac-12, I like Oregon State with the points. It was plus nine and a half. It's currently a plus nine. The Ducks just haven't played that great as a favorite lately. Seven and 19 ATS in their last 26 games overall as well. Their leading scorer, Will Richardson, is not going to be playing in this one. The Ducks have also lost three in a row. So we talk a lot in conference tournaments about momentum and heading into the tournament and things like that. And the Ducks just haven't really been there. Now, as for Oregon State, I mean, they are terrible. This team is atrocious, but at the same time, they're eight and one ATS in their last nine neutral site games as an underdog. I understand they have not covered in 10 games, but you're taking two teams that are rivals, big rivals, especially in the Pac-12. I went to Oregon. Uh, I was an Oregon duck, I should say, for a few years. So I know how <laughs> big of a rivalry this is. So I am going to take the points with Oregon State. And I also heading over to the Big East. This is, I feel like it's going to be an unpopular pick. 
but I do like to back Butler in this one. It's plus six and a half right now. It dipped as low as five and a half. And the reason that this stands out to me is because Butler has already, um, or excuse me, Xavier has already beat this team twice. And in those two games, they were 13 point favorites and 11 point favorites. So why all of a sudden is this so much lower? Yes, they're playing on a neutral site. I understand that. But for me, that kind of stands out a little bit, just given that the bookmakers think that this could potentially be a closer game. I know that Butler lost this team 66 to 68 back on February 2nd, but there was a three pointer almost at the buzzer. So it did kind of pull them a little bit closer, but I do think that you should take the points with Butler, despite how, I mean, there's really nothing on paper to back this up like crazily, but I do think that it, we're in this, the season of March madness almost and crazier things have happened. So I'm going to go with two dogs today. Love that. A couple of dogs in conference tourney time. Great stuff. All morning long here ed don't forget that daily wager returns to its normal time today espn 2 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific after we had our early show on tuesday uh i hope we had some winners there i know my best bet cash i think a few others joe i know his hit as well i can't remember the other one so hopefully we got back on track there can't wait to find out what your best bet is today ed again espn 2 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific for the daily wager broadcast on TV, but that'll do it for the podcast this morning slash afternoon, a little more than 10 minutes of the bets you need as promised. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe or follow. If you're enjoying the show, that helps us out tremendously and it makes it easier for you to find this content and feed you the winners. I uh, hope you have a great day. Good luck and good gambling. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the daily wager podcast. <laughs>